That's a hot take. Swing it around, American flag, because that's what America's supposed to be. It's supposed to look like terminally chill. The insurance commercial has a fat ass, but like no personality. Yeah, I feel like sitting here and listening to this. <laughs> no, God damn it, uh, Isaac. New Noise is not the first fucking refused album. Rip Isaac a new one today. Do you know what I mean? Like. Don't touch my records, ever. Hey, welcome everybody to Hot Takes, a premium two-man vaporwave experience. It is I, Young Shiro, along with my cohort, Dr. Skeleton Lipstick, in the house today. Always a pleasure. Hello, everybody, and thank you so much for joining us today. I see some regulars, Zodicus, Lux, Soft Replica, Syllabus, Utopia District. Thank you so much for being here. Along with a new viewer, Nicktronic, thank you so much for being here. Um... Isaac only in the left channel for me. Yikes. Okay. Um, you sound fine to me on my earphones. Don't know how to fix that. Um, well. Okay. So I might just be panned all the way to the left for this episode because I don't know how to fix that. Anyways. Oh, you, um, you, you, are, you are panned all the way to the left. Well, welcome to Hot Takes where I am panned to the left and Skeleton Lipstick is in stereo. We'll have to figure that out next week. <laughs> um, uh, you want uh, any idea on how to fix that, sir? Yeah, it, I mean, it, hey, you want to just can you plug your microphone back into the? Uh, the sure, I'll tell you what. Let me go ahead back. and and give everybody the um, the introduction, and then when you launch into our hot take, I'll do some twiddling. Um, I can do hot takes. I can talk for a minute. I can talk about. Let's do it. Uh, let's do it. Thank you, you very much for for keeping me in the way. loop. Keep me in the loop also about audio levels with Chris, Jeff, our esteemed special guest, and of course, uh, the music, the audio levels. Keep the questions flowing, keep the opinions and debate topics going, because we uh, will will get those out into the open and in the discussion. Uh, and for those of you that are watching on YouTube or listening on podcast services, thank you to you. Don't forget to like, repost, subscribe, promote, uh, if you are a fan of Hot Takes. Chris, taking it away with some recommendations uh okay so i'll recommend some newer stuff probably maybe as we go through the show right now but i just kind of want to put a little bit of a spotlight on an artist that is an older artist from this little world um and he is i'm referring to right now this artist known as bewilder beast uh bewilder beast was one of the original artists to be uh on airlines records and I am a tremendous fan of this artist, and I really do feel like there's somebody that we need to come back to and rediscover a little bit, just because they were extremely creative. They're a really unique voice in that they made very synth-driven and sample-driven music and vocal-driven as well, and they really played with a lot of rhythms that I still don't hear. Yeah, Gus, that's right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Gus, Gus, Gus. Uh, chalices. Uh, and he is just, when I first started off doing skeleton lipstick, you know, this was all a shot in the dark. I had some ways that I wanted to express myself through music. I was very disillusioned with all the music that was coming before, you know, before that I had loved and now was fully disillusioned with. And I was looking for people who were slightly like-minded. And um, and that was like a hard thing to do when there was no established scene yet and no established anything yet. And, 
you know, the initial thing was, you know, you make music and maybe, well, I don't know, maybe you could send it to a record label that was an indie label that maybe had a, a taste for things like Neon Indian or whatever. But the fact of the matter is that nobody was gonna, nobody was gonna sign you. They had already had their fill of that kind of, uh, of those kinds of artists. Um, and so you had to kind of just look around to see if there was anybody who was like you, who had similar music tastes to you, who, uh, and I did remember putting out this EP on, um, on Bandcamp, and this is my first EP, and, uh, made some music videos for it that I made myself, and sent some stuff to, like, blogs, because blogs were a big thing at the time, and that's when airlines, that's when, um, Rest airlines approached me. Blogs. Yeah, and recipes to airlines as well. And you know, that's obviously when Penny from Surfing eventually found me and approached me and said he was interested in what I was doing. And I didn't, you know, I didn't know who Surfing was at the time. Obviously, they weren't known yet, but they were saying, "Oh, you know, we got our, we got two bands on this label right now. You know, we're we're getting a little bit of momentum. We really like what you're doing. We want to see if you want to release with us." So I'm like, "Well, let me check out this label." And um, I did, and then I heard, of course, Moonlight. I saw the video for Moonlight and I and Surfing, and I was just like, "Oh my gosh, this is." This is who I want to be associated with. And if that wasn't enough, I looked at the other artist they had, which was Bewilderbeast. And when I heard Bewilderbeast, I was just sold. And I was just sold on these people, how they approached music, anybody who was going to be like them and associated with them. You know, we did not have any kind of like word for vaporwave at the time or whatever this was. And But like these people are approaching music and they're, and they're approaching creativity <laughs> in a similar way as me. And Bewilderbeast was like such a selling point for me. This person was so interesting and so creative and doing stuff that reminded me of the past, but didn't sound like the past. It was recontextualization at its finest. And, you know, speaking as somebody who plays with samples, but also really enjoys the process of playing with old technologies and moving them into strange melodies and strange textures, you know, this guy is the, is the ultimate person at doing this. And that goes for, Anybody in any scene with any kind of instrumentation, like Gus, Gus's albums, uh, Bewildered Beast's albums, were just, it was so much you could tell that this person was so fascinated by creating different, um, different, different worlds through multiple mediums and through just playing. You know what I mean? It was very, oh, yeah. it was very interesting. And so, like, he used a lot of sample based stuff and then mixed it with analog synths and he then did. mixed it with software synths and then mixed it with also fucking like Euro rack shit. You know what I mean? Like, I had like, it's really hard to find people who can use those modular synths and make them into like a really enjoyable melodic experience. Most of the, most of the people I know into modular synths, it's sort of like a hobbyist sort of thing. They actually don't make a lot of, um, a lot of they don't really produce a lot of music so much as they enjoy the process of creating it but like he did and i was like oh my right. gosh this guy is playing with so many different ideas and sounds and and he had outstanding artwork he had a really beautiful aesthetic sense like a fully unique fully formed artist from like the moment i heard him you know what i mean crazy and how early on he did, he did. Like and and i would talk to I would talk to George about him actually, and we would both be like, I don't know what he's doing, but it's, I love it. You know what I mean? Right. Like everything's in it, like everything's in it. It's so fun. And just, um, I really, really can't talk about how much that his EP running meant to me. I mean, that was the thing that I was like, anytime I was, I wasn't sure uh, if, if this was, the, you know, if, if this was going to mean anything or if, you know, at least if, if I would listen to that album and be like, "Oh yeah, this this whole world means something." This that is really slow it important. down. EP was fire too. It was. I want to find that running EP though, which is so creative. It was the most creative thing I've ever heard come out of 
of an artist from the scene and people are baking extremely crazy. I mean, for me at least, you know, everyone has their own taste, but for me, this just like nailed it. And right. once it nailed it, I was just, I was stuck. I was like, no, no, this is, this is exactly where I belong. And like, it oh, was. Cause, uh, Lux said she sent it to you. She did send it to me. I yeah. have it saved um, on my phone. <laughs> of course she did. I remember. And I, I right. love that. I thank you so much, Lux. And yeah, um, that what running EP one. is so fun. And it's got like such a bizarre, like magic eye style cover. And um, <laughs> I really can't recommend it enough. And I think that this is an artist from the early days uh, that is worth going back and rediscovering. And uh, he's out there still. And he still makes music occasionally. And it's still wonderful. He just doesn't promote it too much. And that's kind of very beautiful also, though. Um, but regardless, I still think this is this is phenomenal work. This is interesting work. This is unique work there. And I think it's worth I think it is worth people revisiting and giving him the accolades that he never really completely got, in my opinion. But, you know, this is a guy this was like the ultimate musician or produce weird. This was like the ultimate weird producers producer, particularly in the scene. You know what I mean? You know, the, he wasn't terribly well known by everybody else, but myself or Luxury Elite or George Clan, right. uh, kind of you know, or, the surfing, radar for sure. or surfing or go or, or auto or Golden Living Room or Mesh. Like this was like this was the person from like the early first wave of this of this little little um, thing that we do that was uh i think that everybody like kind of looked at him like wow this guy's awesome right and if he's out if he's out there creating interesting like s um spectral waves of sounds like this then you know i'm gonna keep doing it too you know that's how i felt I'm like if he's out here doing this kind of interesting thing and putting himself out there like that and trying to do something that is different and it brings you into different worlds then i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna keep doing it too that's so, what i'm talking about you know i do love him a lot and that's um uh, oh, do you want to? How is your levels? How's uh, you know levels? what? I am. I, I fixed my monitoring, but I can hear it in my awesome. own headphones now. I am panned all the way to the left. Also, Jeff's turned off his camera, so uh, our, our wait. Did you fix? Are... Did you fix? Did you fix the panning yet? No, no. I, I I'm still trying to figure it out. Um, but nonetheless, right, I can keep talking. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. I'll. I mean, unless it's like cacophonous, it people... I'll just work on it while we talk. But um, anyways, uh, it wouldn't be hot takes without a little bit of. Uh, technical difficulties but i want to echo you 100 percent um i um let's see syllabus you, you guys are so great is your input setting set to mono no honestly you like new, i don't uh, yeah right i don't now. i don't know <laughs> and i don't know the only thing i can control is the direct monitor I, I can't control the input from the device itself um who knows i you might want to just, just plug in my old mic here in just a minute but but why anyways, don't you just plug in the old mic if you can't figure it out and yeah, yeah. Way... so so let me go ahead and, and do my hot take really quick because i'm sure i don't sound terrible terrible um and maybe i'll plug the, the old the old guy back in but uh, anyways i like the fact that just by random chance i happen to have a hot take that actually really dovetails really well with what you just said um and uh, Jeff, uh, if you can hear me, turn your camera back on, please. That way, uh, our video or thank you, window captures aren't super messed up. <laughs> oh man, thank you. You're the man. Um, vaporwave would not exist without chillwave. There were um, a lot of yeah. early chillwave artists like Teams and Dreams West and Small Black even in the Moonkiller mixtape that did a lot of sampling. It washed outs, feel it all around is a sample of an '80s italo disco song is it not or like a new wave song 
Um, of course it is. Absolutely. The, and uh, also, I, I, I don't consider Dreams West Chill Wave. I consider that to be part of this little movement. I Or, or maybe at least like, like that kind of in between. Transitional period, yeah. I, I consider it to be in between the two, at least. You know what I mean? But I don't know. Once again, this all depends on what your definition of what this even all means. And right. mine is like very, mine is just extremely broad because I don't know. Just well, you know, you and I were it. around, but it's it's, and I love the kids, man. The kid, the the kids are all right, but it's just crazy when people are like, "Small black, who's that?" You know, or like they know washed out from Portlandia or whatever, you know. And so, I would never like, you know, th- you know, throw myself out there like you know, swing my dick around like, oh yeah, I was there. But it's just unreal how many people were kind of using that sample based approach, along with some singing and guitar work and original compositions. Did that before person skeleton floral shop too. came out? I mean, yeah, absolutely. And the hypnagogic pop thing was also very like seminal as well. But uh, that's my like, hot take. I mean, it's not. I mean, yeah, of course, because that's a bit of an eye awakening experience for people to understand that that washed out song was the slowed down Italo disco song, which name escapes me at the moment. I bet Lux knows what it is. Yeah. I can't remember at the moment. But yeah, that was like a, a big aha moment, and that aha moment kind of gave you the power to recontextualize music you know what i mean it's uh it and to push it further than that right and it was one thing to sort of do that as like a a sample based thing and sing over over top of it um and then people from that point on were like well maybe i can push this world even further and i can even remove the vocals now we can you know then we can kind of make a whole other world based on the stretch samples you know what i mean i mean of course and that was a big deal for a lot of people because everybody was pretty sick of what was coming before that time period. We'd kind of had enough. I mean, I know I did. I was pretty over indie rock at that point. I was pretty over um, over production of indie rock. I was pretty over the attitude of right. Bloghouse. You know what I mean? Or, or the attitude of Indie and Bloghouse the, just got really the, trite. Well, the attitude of it was just so, like... I don't know. There's a lot of artifice. Like it was sort of built on like, like it was trying to do. I mean, I understand maybe it's probably a little satirical, but there was sort of this like rock and roll sort of like, bitch, I'm a rock and roll guy sort of thing. And like I wear my leather jacket and I'm a badass and this is all about sex and partying and blockhouse. Right. And like you could tell this was like, it was, it was very it was probably ironic as well, but it certainly wasn't always being taken taken ironically. You know, there is an entire world in like. New York City, where that sort of scene on the internet uh, bled into the party scene, right? So right. I have a very good friend that I grew up with, a good friend that I grew up with named Lee Lazark. Uh, Lee Lazark, um, I was a good friend of my cousin, actually, and I used to hang out with her, and we would sneak into the Making Time parties in Philadelphia, and those were like the indie rock dance parties that would happen every like month or so. They were hosted by Dave P, who's still a promoter and DJ today and does a lot of amazing stuff. But I remember that was like a big deal because the idea of dancing to, you know, indie rock music or 80s or 80s, uh, um, you know, um, new wave music was an interesting concept. And she from there went on to start a party called Miss Shapes in New York over at the Orchard Bar in the Lower East Side. And at that party, it was specifically a lot of like electronic, you know, um, sorry, electro music. A lot of uh, indie dance music, a lot of what you would might call bloghouse music, right. and the attitude there for a lot of the audience was like definitely like a lot of like richer New York hipsters coming in were gonna come in and like wear their expensive outfits and their black dyed hair. It was and, so and they're, like, fascinated white shirt. with or, like wealth or, and just 
excess. Well, I think it got, it, yeah, the excess, and I think that was probably a little bit ironic with a lot of these artists, but still, I think some people kind of took it seriously and they grabbed, they'd stop by. There was a 20, dude, I, I shit you not, there used to be a 24 hour, it was open 24 hours a day, American apparel, right in like the Lower East Side. Oh my and God. so like, you could go and get your fucking, uh, you know, cause that was a big deal back then, those American apparel ads with the too cool for you kids against <laughs> the white background. So you could go get your fucking outfit and then go to do the fucking like cool ass, you know, party. And that probably got really big. And it got to the point where celebrities would come and want to guest DJ. And then once Madonna Damn. came and guest DJ, like that like totally set her up. And she's still a DJ today. She has a phenomenal career. And it was a very unique thing to do that party. Madonna's but it DJ. definitely, Madonna just guest DJed one time. She's always trying what? to suck the blood out of the youth. You know how it is. Uh, yeah. So anyway, it did kind of like, it didn't feel like me. You know what I mean? I liked it yeah. and I tried to make it a few times, but it wasn't me. You know, I wasn't like that. I was a little bit more self-reflective. I was a little bit more anxious. I was a little bit more thinking about what technology means and where it's bringing us and Respect. where we're going. And I... so Chillwave definitely set up some feelings that I wanted to feel. You know what I mean? Sure. But and then Vaporwave comes along, and then you know is it does like uh, does get inspired by that, but takes it in different positions and is inspired by other things. You know what I mean? And creates an interesting world. Uh, so yeah, okay. Yes. I mean, but also Vaporwave wouldn't exist without a lot of things, and definitely Chillwave is one of them for sure. Um, I was very influenced by Neon Indian. That was agree. really big deal My for me. Warmed. I oh, I often agree with you on things. It's just when you, like certain things. It's uh, as is what we do. You know what I mean? Who are you always going to agree with on everything? Not anyone, right? We are going to get into it's some more. deep shit if we don't bring our man on here pretty soon. Yeah, let's bring Jeffer on. But uh, if you guys still hear me pan hard to the left, definitely let me know. Um, Jeff, you are welcome to go ahead and unmute yourself, buddy. Everybody say hello to our dear friend, Vape Error. And we want to know what you have to hello. say about that hot take. Let's take that TV static away. There he is. Hello. And while you oh. tell us what you think about Chillwave being possibly the biggest influence for Vaporwave or various other You think it's the biggest influence? I don't know if it's the biggest influence. I mean, okay. No, you know what? I think it is. I mean, that along with maybe Plunder Phonics, but yeah. Want to know what you think about that? I think the oh, what biggest influence on Vaporwave is the fact that you could just play your 45s at 33 RPM. Huh, yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> so I think that's been around for quite a while. That's that true. Now, going like, down. press the play oh, button oh. all funny so it sounds weird. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because some people would say DJ input. Screw is the bigger influence yeah, on Vaporwave. Just about to bring up DJ Screw, yeah. Yeah. Also, if you talk to read old interviews with Washed Out, he says, and this is when he was talking about just his first two EPs, I recall this, he said a big influence for him was Stone's Throw Records, you know? Yeah. So things Stone like, you know, Jay yeah. Dilla and Madlib, this was a big influence on him for how he decided he was going to approach producing his, like, more indie rock based music right but he was going to use techniques that he sort of saw in those producers from there so it's interesting true it's all a, a copy of something else nothing's completely original yeah mm -hmm. agree agree and i don't think it should be <laughs> not exactly completely agree man how are you doing tonight my friend i'm doing great yeah I'm be, uh sipping on this uh clear as the time goes Nice, nice. So let me ask you just a few questions here. First off, 
You yeah, play let's, a let's lot. Start of, off with those good you ones. are you um you play a lot of instruments. You're you yeah. play guitar. You go. You play bass. Now, can I just ask you what was the first instrument you got kind of interested in? Uh, saxophone. The saxophone. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. You are such a jazz man. <laughs> I think it's uh yeah it's been in me man. I don't know what it was. I was like 12 years old, and uh, wanted to play an instrument, join band or whatever. And I thought saxophone was cool. But I didn't really listen to jazz at 12 years old, so I don't know what the right. uh, what the draw was there. But something something innate in me, I guess. Interesting. What did you grow up listening to? What did you grow up listening to when you were younger? I think my first cassette was Beach Boys. Which album? Oh, I don't remember. It might have been a singles collection. Or oh, dude. A Golden Living Room would love to have fun with that. He's a huge yeah. Beach Boys fan. My parents were huge Beach Boys fans, but they were like, my parents are like very non-experimental people. So they really loved all the, you know, Catch a Wave and You're Sitting on Top of the World songs or like Surfer Girl. And like, I thought that's all the Beach Boys were for like my whole life until like someone told me about Pet Sounds. and like, oh, no, you don't understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Beach Boys are like pioneers. I'm like, huh? <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, you know about the Surfer Girl people? I'm like, I had no idea like when I was younger. But that's interesting. So I have a question. Yeah. Is that um you you know, you've been playing these different instruments, you're you're playing in a jazz band, uh or, or band at school, you know, you you are learning instruments, but at what point are you like, Oh, I'm kind of interested in doing some more experimental things? Like when what is is there an artist that you listen to that made you think, I wonder what other directions I can take things in? So I know I gave the the answer of Oh, I listened to the Beach Boys when I was young. But yeah. what really drew me into music, and this is probably not super obvious, but it was Nintendo music. That makes you know, a lot of sense. Playing, yeah, like, buddy. Oh, we've heard that before. OSTs inspire so many heard. people. Yeah, definitely. Have you guys been on a site called Laura's Midi Heaven before? No. I have, yes. Okay. Please enlighten okay. me. And anyone so, in the audience that doesn't know. I like to play Neopets back in the day, and you couldn't <laughs> upload songs to your Neopets shop or whatever, or a page. So you oh, had to use cool. MIDI. So people figured out that you could get like Pokemon songs and put them on your Neopets shop uh, using uh, MIDI that people created, uploaded to Laura's MIDI Heaven. Amazing. And that represented everything. It had like world music and like other covers and not just video game music, but that was a great site. Sad to it see. Was. It was. I I do remember that site, and um, I you could basically download these files, and it was interesting too because it kind of taught you about how music works as well. You yeah, know? like you could see like the movement of the different patterns of the notes, and I remember like that kind of being an interesting deal for me. I never really was able to master that sort of stuff, but I was always looking at it just to, it kind of taught me about chords once in a while that I didn't know, because I'm not classically trained musician. And I, I, I do know this website, yes, I am familiar. That's really cool. I'm glad that you know about it. I think, so, uh, what are some of your other favorite video game OSTs besides Pokemon? Ooh. Well, this came later in my uh, life. But I played Earthbound and Mother 3, and those games really touched my heart. Yeah, very popular. Very seminal. Um, gosh, 
Banjo, uh, Kazooie, and Tui. Oh man, Kirk, I believe is the, the composer's name there. Mm. Um, Very cool. iconic. It's kind of like funny, cheeky. That really appeals to me. I don't think music should be serious all the time. Yeah, it's the Banjo Kazooie soundtrack is really zany. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Kind of like bouncy, like brass, like yes. So that's like that is like very yeah, dude. Yeah, that is very interesting that you mentioned that, and it's funny that you kind of zero in on that because there's a lot of fun and bounciness that happens in your music. Like it is. It is pretty like it, you can tell it's, you have it's a good time. It is you know so I mean? goddamn it's fun. Like, it's not well, yeah. There's like a little bit of there. You can see the humor in it. You know what I mean? It does yeah. bounce around, and it is like I'm speed running through a video game occasionally on certain songs. You know what I mean? And oh, it's funny that you, you actually said in. that. What's up, Pete? Oh, hey. What's up, old Petey boy? We got good a lot of OGs in the chat, by the way, that are here to uh, to oh, watch you, man. Maybe um, I should um, bounce over to the the chat. A if you like, bit. you can bounce over to the chat. I mean, I usually keep the Twitch stream up while, and you know, while I have the Discord in the background. I love yeah, how I every different Vapor album kind of sounds like it could be the background music for a different kind of level. Like you've got your like <laughs> yeah. water level, obviously is going to be, um, you know, mana pool, and yeah. then you've got your racing game, right? Or like your, um, I don't know what um, Acid Arcadia would be, yeah. but that's my fucking favorite album. That like the crazy, crazy frenetic wow. platformer level, maybe. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. So I gotta ask that. What is your first band? Because I've seen footage, first I've seen pictures band. of you playing oh, yeah. guitar it, with some very fun haircuts. Oh um, yeah. I imagine from high school. Hell yeah. I still, yeah. I remember this coming up. I don't know how many years ago it was, but I definitely remember these like old photos of you. My first band name was called. Irrational behavior. I still ah, think that right. name holds up. It's, irrational it's behavior. It, it, irrational behavior. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, we were kind of sounds like yeah, go ahead. sounds like a punk rock band. And yeah, kind of influenced by like oh, we like Blink 182 and like My Chemical Romance and I think Fall of Troy probably came a little later. I don't know, just bands like this. So were you the fun were you the front man? No, uh, well, I played guitar in those. So yeah, bands. you were you were the coolest member yeah. officially. So was that a very interesting experience for you to be like, I'm gonna make my own music to meet like-minded people like yourself to engage and engage the art of creation with? Was that an interesting time for you to do that for the first time? Oh yeah, of course. Um, also, we were all friends, so we're yeah. like, hey, why not start a band? Right. Why not start a band? Why not then, the art? You know. Yeah, we can meet other people, have fun with that. We can throw shows. We, we um, I live in Georgia, and there's a little more rural town, like a stone's throw over that we used to play in called Dawsonville. Okay. And uh, yeah, so this is the town that Squidbillies is based on. <laughs> Are you fucking with me <laughs> no right way. now? No, I'm not. Wow. Fucking. Amazing! Uh, I, it's so funny. How, how was that? <laughs> show? I, I, those, wow. those were great. We we played with a actually much more talented band at the time called Not Betty, and they were they were fucking awesome. I always Not loved uh, and uh, seeing how they like they put their heart and their soul into music, and they were like this kind of like 
post rock, math rock, but not like what you would kind of expect. Hmm. And they were instrumental as well. So not like battles um, or like like explosions. The other in the big sky one, sort Hella. Of thing? Yeah, Don a little Caballero. bit more. Yeah, on the Isaac's on the right track. Yeah, I don't know if anything released. They changed their name because they didn't like the name Not Betty, but I really liked it. Uh Um, But yeah, that was years and years ago. Uh, Anyway, we played at this place called His Rock, and it was uh, like a Christian space, actually. Yeah, interesting. (laughs) And uh, the guy was just like super into the youth, you know, just like. Was it a church? It was a small venue that could probably hold about 50 people and we would just bring all of our friends there and basically throw a show in Dawsonville, Georgia where it's nice man, I his name escapes me which is unfortunate but um, yeah, it's this pretty much I don't know if he was a pastor I haven't really had too many interactions with him but the ones that I did, they were very positive and he was just like super into the youth, yeah. And he he ran this venue. That's it. Always starts with like a youth group sort of thing back then. We yeah. used to um, we used to. So basically, we we used to do a thing where we had a youth group called Pride. It was not the trick was it was non denominational, and the only like the the barrier of entry was just that you were like a drug free lifestyle, which was like a thing back in the day anyway. When with straight edge, right? So we would just go like all of our friends would join that youth group and then they would give us money and to throw events and the events would be like just show we would just run out of bfw no way. or yeah that was what we would do back then um so like the youth group thing was actually kind of an interesting uh uh route or medium to get your art out there you know what i mean you got to do what you got to do when you're like 15 or 16. so we didn't yeah, have yeah. you know we didn't have like internet scenes yet, you, know, so... and, you know you gotta get your mom to drop you off and oh yeah uh-huh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I have a question. You yeah. you start off playing in these um, in these rock or indie rock or emo bands, and at what point do you decide that you want to kind of start exploring uh, music creation from uh, an electronic perspective? When does that? Oh, yeah, that was actually happening even I before. Know this too. I was doing like chiptune stuff. Uh, you can still find it, I think, on that's, my... That's my not surprising. Book. So your first iterate, that's not surprising. That's very interesting. Yeah, like so I'm always yeah. Interested... 16-bit. It'd be like 8-bit, yeah. Yeah, so I'm always interested to hear people's first iterations of electronic music before they kind of find this little world where you have like all these right. different peers that are inspiring you and you can go back and forth and start refining your sound. I'm always interested to hear what people's first attempts at the electronic sort of stuff was. Like, like I tried to make Bloghouse music. Like, that was no! my first attempt at it. Uh, well, I don't know what else to call it, but like, no. I mean, I was inspired. Oh, no, I was inspired by all these different blogs that were posting all these, uh, you know, people from like the rock world attempting to make, you know, to instrumentalize their sounds and do something different. And I, I tried to do that. It wasn't me. It didn't feel like me, but it was the first right. thing I tried. I started doing chiptune music. Um, and that makes a lot of sense considering what you were saying a lot of your influences were. And at what point, uh, what did you, what did you used to use to make it? A program called Milky Tracker. Oh, interesting. Um, you you got one. some tracks buried somewhere you're going to release for your Patreon eventually? You know, um... Well, or maybe actually, give I it the juke I rework? I do have another alias that I'm, like, converting some stuff over. Yeah. That's going to be on a different, like, Greatest Hits Volume 2 type of deal. 
Mm-hmm. But if you wanted to search it up, um, you will search Pixel Power Lucid Dreams, and Pixel Power is spelled P X L P W R. P X L P W R. Lux, go to work. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And now Lux is going to have a link in like twenty seconds. Is that Lucid Dreams track? I love it. That's. I, I always find it a fascinating thing the first time you make electronic music because it's just sort of like, wow, like I really can control all these different parameters. I can really determine the sound of what things are going to be. Oh, I couldn't really... control shit in that program. I, you, <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing. That stuff's difficult. Yeah, I'm not familiar with this Milky Tracker program. I'm sure that there must be people in the chat that are, or people in the Vaporwave right. world that There's are. There's probably someone in the um, chat that's like, me too, Milky Tracker. Yeah. So were you involved in the chipwave scene? Did you make make peers in it, or did you just sort of just play with it? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, right. Yeah. That, Let me figure I, out there's, like, chiptune elitists and shit. Oh, I'm yeah. sure there are, because I... I they all worship Anamonaguchi. a lot. They do their work. Well, Anamonaguchi's, like, a whole other thing. They're in their own world. True. I'm talking about, like, I've been to shows before where, like, the barrier of entry is if you don't make your shit with a Game Boy... You don't get to play. That was exactly like, what I was thinking. I really Boy wanted to hear Jeff you. say he made it with a Game Boy, but that looks hard so, as shit. So, um, like, Game um, Boy, um, and uh, some program that I can send MIDI to. It's yeah, not LSDJ, but anything else. But yeah. So I, um, I Maybe. remember I used to. I went to a couple of chiptune shows when they would happen in um, Philadelphia. I can't remember what the thing it was, but they. I do remember every time I went to a chiptune show, I would. I, I'm the sort of person that always tries to make friends wherever I go and try to meet people because I'm, I'm very uh, interested in, in people no, in general. No. But, but like anyhow, like I do remember like occasionally like you would talk to somebody and then they would just start talking to you about some open world video game they play and they wouldn't shut up about it. Or and they're they like get away from them. They would talk about it and like no, not yeah, I don't even know what, but it would go on forever and I'm like I don't. I don't think this is my right. scene. <laughs> I'm like, you won't stop talking about this game. I'm like, oh my god. Like, hey, guys. speaking of game, weren't you developing a game at one point, Jeff? Oh yeah. yeah. Um, that project is canned, but it was very uh, fun to work on. Hey, I'm sure you have a good reason for it, but that's unfortunate to hear. I want to say well, you've well, used like like footage from it in some of your shows, right? We did. Yeah, we had a working yeah. demo. Yeah. Wow. Well, what I so, saw looked cool. Just saying. Games are such a hard thing. They're, Do you want to tell us anything of... about it, or is it just a closed chapter? A uh, closed chapter, I say. I feel like that. Maybe Absolutely. someday. Yeah, I think um, one day when I have some time to dedicate to it, like full on, I'll try it again. But <laughs> right, we got our first um, question yeah, in the good. chat by Dojo oh, underscore R four. They want to say any plans or details you can talk about with the reboot of Plus One Hundred Records. Yeah, so I sent out a big email in like October saying that, hey, I would love to, you know, do more with this this label that I've kind of like chilled out on for various personal and otherwise reasons. Mm-hmm. But um, Telepath and I are working on some new stuff. I remember you mentioned Okay, that. very cool. Yeah. You're already here. We are going to do the first uh, televape record on on vinyl officially. Oh, how fun. How fun. Man, that's what I'm talking about. I remember seeing you guys at Electronicon LA, not knowing what to expect at all, yeah. and just being like, oh man, this is so 
such a wonderful, perfect fusion that showcases like the strengths of both of y'all. And I was extremely inebriated and um, just having the he's greatest time. LA and, or the New York? He's the, the LA, LA one. one. I didn't get to make it to the New York one. Yeah, Please don't tell me the New York one was better because I've heard that a million times. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, they're both special. What, what was special to me was how drunk I was, and uh, Chris texted me saying, hey, you're on, you're playing tonight at the after party, yeah. and I had to sober up quick as a motherfucker. I just remember watching Jeff, like, smash that computer, and, like, yeah, that too. immediately being, why, why did I go up to Jeff, like, Jeff, you you, you got a DJ tonight. You're not Wait, was it a Scarlet uh, audio interface that made you uh, but, smash that computer? Yeah, it was, so... <laughs> Imagine that. But Jeff is like such a professional that he's like, oh no, it's fine. Like I've got like backups of backups on backups. It's you fine. Know, I did though. Yeah. You know, I know you did. I, I was like, of course you do. I'm like, this so guy is- that day, I'll go, I'll recap the whole thing because Please I don't do, think that was the most rock star thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't even mean it to be like that. I guess that's why it's cool, but <laughs> that's why it's so cool. Yeah, bro. Um. Yeah. So I was flying into what was it LA yeah LA and you know you're kind of rushing through the airport you're shoving shit in all sorts of different places right and I put my laptop on the outside of my suitcase for some reason and I don't remember if I checked that suitcase or what happened but I did not mean to put that suitcase in such a position that would um, be so precarious so I land, I open the laptop, and the screen's cracked. Oh boy. And it's one of those, oh. like, LCD screens. So I don't know if you've broken an LCD screen, but it, like, starts bleeding black. Mm. Um, so I was very scared that this laptop screen was just going to go completely black and I wouldn't be able to play the show without a some sort of external monitor. <laughs> so oh I was like, what's this blockbuster? Or, not blockbuster, gosh, I'm showing my age. Um, what's that store that you go buy shit Guitar from? Center. Not Guitar Center. Sam Ash. It, oh my goodness. It's Sweet like wire. the department store for tech stuff. Best like Buy. You buy TV. Best Buy. Yeah. Rise. The two Bs. That, that got me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Benji. So I was like, this is Best Buy to like, I'm going to buy an external monitor and return it. <laughs> oh man. Discoholic says nice shirt, by the way. Nice shirt. Oh, Your shirt's getting you. good reviews, man. How about that? Oh, yeah. I love floral print. And uh, it's spring, summer season, so perfect timing. Um, yeah, so I quote-unquote soundchecked in the in the room that we were at, like the hotel room, and everything was good to go with the, with the Scarlet. So it was like, I don't need to soundcheck. Right. I just want to hang out. I know so that feeling. Sound- I fucking skipped scout sound check for the first time in my life. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I get on stage and everything's broken. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> Why isn't this working? And everyone's like looking at me, kind of like, I'm getting super anxious. And everyone's like, boo, boo. No, yeah, do people really yell boo? That's what it feels like in your head. When I just remember there was an extremely inebriated man standing oh. next to me and Mr. Jeep talking about Are how much he kidding? loved Yule, like, and I was like, please Let, let me play. tell you. Please play. Doing, <laughs> things at, doing things at Electronicon, mm. like, that's shooting fish in a fucking barrel. Everybody's there to have a fun time. You get yeah. up there and just, like, wave to them, and people are going to flip the fuck out. So 
it just feels like boo in your head because you don't think everything's gonna work. Like, I, that's, I get it. Anyway, continue. Well, yeah, I like burn like 20 minutes. And then um, everyone's running around trying to give me like a, a working audio interface. Who, so who I, eventually helped you yeah, out? Yeah, who that? ultimately fixed it? Was it James or Joel? Was I it Joel? James and Joel came. I think James was the one that worked. Uh, I don't know why. But they're all the same fucking thing. It's a Scarlet. Like, why didn't it work? It just didn't recognize mine and like three other ones. So I have a picture on my phone that's like literally four Scarlets stacked up. I love it. (laughs) It's the most Uh, banged up one that's going to work. When the rock bands have like multiple marshals stacked up on each other and she's like, there's a multiple of these Scarlets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) So I... I started playing, and then George came up and, like, showed me his phone, like, really quickly. And he said, like, you can go to, like, 20 minutes after or whatever. And yeah. I was like, fuck Sick. yeah, I can finish my set. Um, finished the set, crowd surfed, and I was, like, super buzzing on adrenaline and whatnot. Yeah, that was the other rock star yeah. thing. Decided to take out my frustrations on the laptop. <laughs> 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 and, uh... It became somewhat of a legendary moment that people love to bring it's, up. Uh, it's going to be in the footnotes really of the fun. Wikipedia article. And it's also at those Electronicons that, like, I was just like, man, Jeff has, like, such passion and drive in him that he's doing two performances of Electronicon and then it, during the main show, and then he's going to DJ the after party with right? me, too. Yeah, I was I like, mean, I that was the believe. hardest was like, DJ set Jeff ever, by the way. so gung-ho on just doing shit and getting these experiences out there and he's doing it out out of pure passion and joy you know like just like jeff is like i've been trying we've been trying to figure out a time to bring you down here for a little while now and um i'm so happy to get you down here soon for the terminally chill coming up and but just like you got this drive in you to just just to do the things to get the things done to just have a joyful time you know what i mean this is all passion and that's like such a beautiful thing and it's just it's like it's infectious with jeff when you're around him and how just much, make like, sure agnes just, has plenty of tracks that are 200 bpm because i know so I but anyway prepared. what do you do, do, did doing those electronicon shows did that kind of like really like awaken something in you i mean you obviously oh. already were used to doing like bands and live stuff but like did that awaken something in you where you're like i want to get out there i want to i want to do do these things and it brings joy to me and i, I, I want to do it a lot of other people it became real you know you became real yeah, sure it's an did. interesting thing so that's like an interesting thing. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, continue. Oh yeah, I was just saying the like, interesting term. It's like, an interesting I, term. I use that word very carefully. Like it it really opened up a lot of doors, I feel like. For me it and a lot did. of it Well, did. I think for a lot it of vaporwave did. artists, like translating their sound to a live experience is really difficult. Yeah. I wouldn't know because I don't make music, but like a lot of people have struggled and it's you know but but you seem well, like you just it was natural. Yeah, I mean, so I was making music in my room and dancing to it alone. Yeah. And, like for, for years, mm-hmm. uh, like like before before the Vape Era project even, yeah, I was cool. like, wow, I really, really like making music. And uh, I would just kind of like imagine myself like dancing in a room full of like other people dancing too. And I really wanted that. Other people can dance my music, so it's an infectious yeah. feeling. I don't make music, but man, yeah, you put that track on and everybody just lights up. It's an infectious you know, feeling. 
Yeah. And control. Well, I don't I think you should control your emotions like that. But like, yeah. I, I definitely tear up at wow. least when I play live. That's, That's amazing. I mean, cool. I do too. And I, um, you know, it was an interest. It's and I think it's funny how you tell this. It was an interesting turn after this happened, and it was because. You know, we exist on the internet, right? This is was True. really made for that experience. And, you know, I I know a lot of people probably still are slightly uncomfortable with that. And that's perfectly fine that they are. And there's always a world for this on the internet. But at the same time, it's just like things are always changing. The world is always changing. I, I feel, I remember when live things, like when I started Terminally Chill for the first time, like it was small and it was maybe like in basements and shit and it was I wasn't really promoting it or anything because that wasn't kind of like what you did you know and people I would tell my friends and they would come and it would be a small thing and then like all of a sudden somebody was like do you know do you want to do this party you know live and I was like okay and then I did it once and then at some point like all of a sudden now there's a residency for it and I'm just like wow what I feel like when the when this all turned a little bit that it felt like you know, it's like it's like you're in the 1920s and you're like in the silent films, and then yeah. someone's like, "Talkies are going to be a thing," and you're like, "Talkies? <laughs> I don't know if this works for talking. Talking in a film, like not how we do film. Film is about expression through like movements and like you know that sort of thing. Well, how would that? How would this possibly translate for talking in a film? And then like, right. you know, what I mean, like that's just the thing with any art movement. It just kind of changes a little bit, and you got to kind of roll with that. And and main the big most important thing to me was like I understand that this changes, but um, it's maintaining the control, right? It's maintaining that it's it's the people who do this and the people who are in charge of doing it are people from the world, and it's not co-opted by others or not yet at least no one's really figured out how to co-opt it yet i've seen other people try and throw a vaporwave event or a vaporwave themed show that aren't involved in this world and don't appreciate this world and it fails like it never fucking Ooh, works i've not seen and it, it does it interesting i've seen it a few times and like it doesn't work like because they, they they can't read the hieroglyphics you know what i mean right. they don't know how to do it they can try their best but they don't understand the coding they don't understand the culture they don't understand the people you know what I mean? And they don't know how to appeal to them. And um, like, I remember even when like George was starting Electronicon thing, like I still wasn't quite used to the whole social media aspect of Vaporwave. I just made a Twitter two and a half years ago. Like um, I was slow to it as I, well. I just, um, but I remember when like when Chris's manager was sending out like an e you know, a email to us and he's like, oh, so when we do the, the after party, you know, we could maybe do like a video where people introduce themselves and talk a little bit. And in my head, I was like, well, I don't think that's what we do in Vapor. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure, like, the interesting thing was the mystery. But right. I, then, like, I and then I started doing, then Terminally Chill started coming out in the live thing. And I was like, oh, there is another, there's different ways to, to look at this and to do it than the way that I was really comfortable with for so many years. And, you know, um, and, like, I am a social person and I am, a, you know, an extrovert. And I, I do kind of, and I, like, I can trade on my my charisma you know what i mean live to do these things like i do have this skill set and like i think i can do this sort of thing live i think i can bring this to people and i can do it in a way that that is, uh, is my very best way that i can possibly do it to honor it you know what i mean and to and to promote it and uh and i you know I, we're all trying our best i think you know it's interesting so you know i i didn't want to do what you did too where i i felt the same way that you did about like i was dancing in my room you know what i mean and i tried to do live shows before in the past and it was like 
no nobody knew what the fuck was going on. Everyone was like shocked that I did I wasn't just playing like stuff that sounded like the postal service or whatever. And no no shade oh. to the postal service. Love that album. But like I wasn't Same. doing that. People didn't understand it. And so it's interesting, you're right. There was like a turn that happened. And um you know, the other thing that happened is like people thought, well, who's gonna go to this? You know, who's gonna go see these things? Particularly when I started Terminally Chill, like they took a chance on me at, at some of these clubs and I was like almost like apologizing in advance, being like, I don't know if people, like you just give me one shot, if people don't come, they won't come. But like people did come and people who didn't even exactly know what this was came and were just turned onto it. And um, you know, now there's like a whole culture of, of people that, see this whole thing i guess maybe differently than i did or you did or, or we all did and and they still but they still see it in a pure way i think I, you know as long as there's as long as it's being kind of run by people that care about it but it's weird you know what i mean and i think we're all still navigating this whole live thing and you know we're all still trying to do it in a way that is i don't know the best we can you know what i mean <laughs> like what do you think man it's super difficult i'm not the greatest uh, like promoter type person so yeah. it's very very advantageous when someone else can perform that role for me for oh, sure that's my specialty yeah. baby yeah i mean yeah i i've developed that skill set a little because i had to you know and i i didn't have it at first either but i've like been slowly but surely developing it and getting better at it because i just really care a lot <laughs> and uh you know and it's hard though even when you get there you're like okay well how do i do this how am I gonna do this in a way that engages people? How am I gonna do this in a way that still maintains, you know, what it was, what I was doing before? How do I marry these two things? Because the fact of the matter is that like nothing yeah, can ever yeah. stay the same forever. Like, particularly when something lasts as long as it has, you know what I mean? Particularly Vaporwave, which just like, you know, is in a constant cycle of death and rebirth, you know what I mean? And when something is True. in a constant cycle of death and rebirth, and when something is constantly, constantly changing, changing what you call, like I'm always calling it different things, and it's really like, you know, first I was calling it, uh, I, I've called it a genre, I've called it a movement, I've called it a scene, I've called it a paradigm. My paradigm is the best thing I can come up with you know, more, more, right. more often than anything aesthetic. else. But like, aesthetic, ethos, whatever, it's just, it's so hard to nail down. And um, it's kind of amazing that it's still going, I, you know, uh, at this point. Yeah. And like, I still have, you know, people, that, I can't believe people, the party works. It does, and people come to it, and like I have people coming all the time, and they they get into it, and they dress up, and it means something to them. And it's in the same way that I'm sure that you know, let's just draw a parallel with punk really quick. Like I'm sure punk means something to some people in the late '70s, and then it means a different thing to people in the '80s, and then it means a different thing to people in the '90s, and then the people in the '70s are like the '80s people don't know what this is. It's supposed to be this, and then the late '80s people are like, well, the early '80s people don't know this. It's supposed to be this, and then yada yada yada. This is like how every fucking art movement moves. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's weird. <laughs> but yeah, we got a really know, good man. question in chat, courtesy of Be Careful Media. Oh. He says, "What are some songs in your discography, Jeff, that personally stand out to you or have a significant meaning for you?" Oh, in my discography? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh goodness. Uh, well, a lot of the useless stuff is more uh, personal meaning, and uh, it's just stuff that I wanted to get out at a at a uh, certain point in my life. Uh, the like the Okta album is about being content for example this is your oh. ambient side project correct yeah that's right yeah. I remember yeah. talking I'm looking with you about that right now. yeah and of course the collaborations with, uh, with Telepath have been 
extremely like love driven. Yeah, I, I love Luke by the way. He's the best. Tell him, really tell him I, I said hi. Uh, tell him I said hi. I yeah. I, I don't talk to him too much online because just the per the interactions I've had with him in person have been like just very special and very fun. That it's like yeah. ah, it's hard for me to just when I have really nice interactions. It's really hard for me to do that. Like to go back and be like, well, this feels like a, a watered down version. <laughs> but tell him I said hi, please. I will, I will. Yeah. yeah, so those first two records that we made were more so in the realm of like romantic love, but this yeah. next one um, that we were working on together, it's a split. Um, okay. It will be more about like self-love and reflecting and that type of thing. Very cool. Uh, I love a good concept album. My... Our third album, I would love to be more like an all-encompassing love type of yeah. thing. Love to me means a lot of different things. It's not all just romantic me. love. It's me too, man. Me too. Do you Agnos find music... that... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry. We'll get to Agnos' question oh, in a minute. I just wanted to ask, do you find that... I know for me, it's sometimes difficult for me to really express what you're talking about with words a lot. Like, I'm, I'm not always comfortable with it, you know, through language. But through music, I get a little bit, I can do it better. Do you find that as well? Or what it's, do you hard, find? it's hard to really actually write exactly what you're feeling into music, I yes. feel like. I feel like whenever I write something in general, it comes out different from what, what it sounds up here. There's something cool about that, but that's something that I want to like translate better as I grow as a musician. Awesome, so yeah, awesome. it's to express. I think I think it's maybe easier with the ambient music. I yeah, feel that on a spiritual level, man, because you can kind of just you can be impulsive with it. You can kind of yeah. let it all hang out without having to follow a rigid set of rules. I mean, Chris would know he just dropped that Polymath Vampire album. Yes, that's true, and that's what I was trying to do with it. And also, I was like so pissed because then just like you know, I play a lot of guitars, and I'm like, fuck. But <laughs> true, yeah. yeah. I didn't know. Bass I forgot. Slapping Jeffrey over here. I would have uh, maybe, well, but another time. The second one, I'm totally willing to provide I, some guitar on that. Oh, you don't think I've already logged that away, sir? Of course. <laughs> oh, cool. Thanks, Agnos. We got another uh, really good anyway. question, courtesy of Agnos. Actually, he wants to know how many aliases you produce under. I think I caught him before, and it's like five or six or seven or something like that. If you, wow. that's reasonable. I don't know what you count as an alien, like a true. Well, and they all seem to be distinctive. I mean, you've got DJ Cam Girl, which is super fast, like juke and footwork shit. You know, of course, Vape Error, the um, the Witch House Girl. ambient one. What's the Witch House ambient one? Wait a second, which one is that? The Cocaine Jesus, wasn't it? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, I forgot about that. That's great, by the way. Yeah, man. Um, Sports Girl, that's right. I forgot about that one. Yeah, Sports Girl. Sports Girl. Um, I, have, I just got, I remember getting the vinyl for that a couple years ago. Oh, yeah. We, we did um, a, a lathe cut of that, didn't we? That was we great. Did. Yeah, that was great. I have Useless. That's right. the ambient one. Televape, which is distributed under under just Telepath and Vape Air right. these days. Um, gosh, what else? Net Death. Yes, net, net death. death. That Very is cool. a one-off, and that was more of like a sports scroll, but exper more experimental and weird. Just kind of like 
vaporwave about the internet. And it was made right around the time that net neutrality laws changed. Ooh. Wow. Jeff, what is, speaking of net neutrality, what is your favorite website or source of imagery or just media on the internet or like a favorite video? Those are different questions. Those are uh, those are all different questions. <laughs> Do you have like a favorite receptacle or reservoir of? Uh... It's nothing secret. Like just Instagram and YouTube are my main sources of uh, going on the internet and looking around and getting stuff. Do you have any favorite like feeds or like video playlists that you want to share with us? Hmm. So in terms of like discovering new music and such, I let Spotify do a lot of that lately. Very cool. So algorithms. This is is how I got into uh, like Korean music in particular. Oh Um, yeah, that's like a new foray you've gone into recently, and it's exciting. Yeah, Yeah, that that was great, by the way. Yeah, we're working on like two or three more tracks simultaneously. Awesome. So you'll hear more. Yeah, let me let me ask you, how did you get involved with her? Okay, so are you guys familiar with an artist called Stux? No. S T U X dot I O. Oh wait, yes, yeah, I am familiar with Stux. I, I, I thought you said yeah, ducks like the bird. Great. I thought you said ducks. I'm like, I don't know. Me too. Thank is, you. But... I'm not crazy. Yeah, absolutely. No Stux I O. They're great. Wonderful. Yeah, he's um he's out in California. He reached out to me just randomly on Twitter, and I don't know if you guys know, but not everyone listens to all their demos that they get in. Um, Fair. I don't through email, but if you DM me, there's like a 90, 95% chance I click on that link, just out of curiosity. So I said that, and I was like, hey, this guy's actually really talented. So if I didn't click on it, I wouldn't have ever you know made that track but it was at the right time i had like written four or so city pop demos that i just wasn't super confident with so then he comes back with the demo and then we're just trading back and forth and then we eventually get our vocalist hanari to sing over it she did a really great job We're, we're working on a disco track which i'm going to drop in philly for the first time Ah, oh, guys, you hear that? That's coming there's, up. On uh, there's there's really chill. Dropping the event right like in the pop island. There's there's electric guitar on that track. There's Ooh, that like fun, like like drum kit. Uh, it sounds really good. It's very danceable. It's a uh, kind of it's definitely a modern take on disco. But there's like there's a good bit of '70s influence in there, which I'm new for me. Old. So, yeah, so there's that disco track, and then we're working on another like straight up city pop track. And oh, then really? Figure out which one is going to be the last song to make a four track EP, and then we'll release an album. Um, I don't think she's singing in Korean in the next two tracks, but the last one I think she wanted to do more Korean with. All right, so I want to back it up for a minute. And uh, I want to ask, when does Vape Error start? When do you start discovering the Vaporwave world? 
Because oh, I remember yeah. you kind of around. I, I I remember you kind of popping up around like 2013. I think, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. maybe it was 2014. But I feel like I remember here seeing the name Vapor around 2013, and like I remember my 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 first response was, "What a fucking cool name!" Right. <laughs> I remember like, seeing you in the um, vape. vape Council and being like Vapor. Okay, makes no, sense. No, I remember. Well, I remember. Yeah, even before that, like just when when your first stuff started coming out, because like I don't know, particularly around that era of Vaporwave with like 2010 to 2014 or so, like I was like very like keeping an eye on any new artists that was coming up and associating themselves with this world because there weren't that many yet. There was like this sure. sort of thing where there was internet music and then there was this little cabal of other people that were also internet music but had a little bit more weirder interests and weirder intentions with their music. And I, I was one of those people with like the weirder intentions and the weirder ideas for their music. And I was paying attention to the people who were also like that too. And I remember Vape Error coming up and I remember thinking like that is the coolest name ever. No shit, because right? Because it's, it's like, it's sort it's obviously Vape Error, right? But if you say it really fast, Vapor it sounds like Error. It sounds like no, but if you say it fast, it sounds like Vaporer, like Emperor. And right. I was like, "This is yeah, this is great." <laughs> with that over the years, and, and I was confused at first, but yeah, I, I can I can see it. But yeah, if I want to break down the name, um, it's going to be vapor, like water vapor. Mm. We got um. Oh my gosh, this is a little bit of delay. No, 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 that's okay. not delay. You heard the Twitch stream from my phone i apologize yes <laughs> i thought i was like what's going on right now i gotta something make sure everything like, sounds okay my bad yeah, <laughs> like, something is mystical is being time. channeled while he just while he talks about the origins of his hey name. this is a real <laughs> diy show my bad no it's right. okay i did the one track so i had to let that finish <laughs> up but basically the name is vapor as in like water and air so those are the two elements that i want to capture in the music Oh my um, gosh. That's awesome. Error okay. is that's awesome. Studying computer science at the time. Uh, so I wanted to have like a computer influence in there. Um, obviously, we're a very digital, up and coming generation. Yes. I'm 28. I guess I spent some time outside. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so you were pretty young then when you started Vapor. Dude, Georgia's a beautiful state. Yeah, so I think it, yeah, 2013, that would make it like nine years ago. Damn, dog. You're an yeah, OG. nine years. So I was like 20. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, Jeff, what yeah, is it? It was crazy biggest... too. Be... Well, hold on. I'm not done. Yeah, yeah go ahead and finish that thought. About this, and then you can do the I question. I got a good one. Um, okay, great. Save it. So here's the thing is like, that was really interesting because I remember when you first came on to the scene and I remember like really right away thinking like, this is a fully formed artist and you're like that young and you kind of have this really good grasp of what your sound is and how to produce it. And it's different and it's interesting. And it sounds exactly like what you were talking about. You have the, the elements that you were discussing right there. And then yeah. also combined with that sort of um, computer programming background that you have. It does sound like an otherworldly sort of combination of like the natural world and the digital world and the computer world. And I just yeah. remember thinking like, man, this guy's got a great name and he's like a fully formed artist, like coming right into the scene. And I was like, it's gonna be huge. And yeah, it's <laughs> like, it's true. So when did you decide to start sort of involving yourself in, in you know, from moving from just chiptune, when do you go from chiptune to this little world that starts burgeoning in that time period? Yeah, so, Going back a little bit back, mm -hmm. um, when I was like 18, like the band kind of fell out. Everyone was going to college anyway. Yeah. Like there was a couple like 
older guys as well in the band just by one year or two years yeah. or whatever. So they were going off and doing their own thing. The the vocalist became a DJ like in the area doing dubstep stuff. Okay. One of them just did his own electronic stuff. Um, you know, kind of went our separate ways and then I just started doing uh, electronic music. And I did that under the name of Polygod with uh, a friend of mine since yeah that's another that's another one that's a cool can, ass name yeah um that's still, still on soundcloud <laughs> that's a final fantasy end boss name yeah, oh yeah. wow that yeah, is really like this concept of this like you know like people think of god as like the ultimate being but what if you had like multiple gods holy in one? shit <laughs> it just it's fin it's yeah. phonetically pleasant too but yeah, anyway so, so you were saying you were saying yeah so my friend Ryan, we had been friends since third grade, but we kind of like split because we didn't went to different middle schools, went to the same high school, and I just kind of started making music together again. And then um, we didn't fight or anything, but we just kind of like stopped making music together. And then I stopped listening to new music almost altogether, and I kind of got in a down spot mm. where I was like, "Man, I, I used to love music, but now I don't anymore, and this sucks." I kind of went through and a phase like that too. It's weird. I didn't know what to do about it. Right. right. And uh, then I started working at Burger King. <laughs> and uh, perfect. After my shifts, I'd go hang out at my buddy, my other buddy's house. And we would just go in his basement, hang out, up to no good type of thing. And we would play music off of his phone. And he was just like playing all this like crazy new shit on SoundCloud at the time. And this was all like the uh like the cloud rap stuff. This yeah. was Yeah. Yeah. Early SoundCloud just trap core. It was vaporwave. It was like all this stuff that people could just like upload shit. Yeah. Like maybe in a couple hours throw it up there. There's no sample clearances to worry about. You right. can throw a mix up. Whatever. Yeah. Um, there's like, let's see if I can remember some names like Cosmastly, Lil Net Zero. Lil Net Zero, that's some good shit. There was that's Light awesome. as well. Yeah. Dream Catalog. Yeah. Um, nice. Obviously, awesome. I think he showed me Telepath. I think he showed me Unreal. Girl Living Room. If not, wow. I came on Big that true. very shortly after that. I don't know. You can scroll all the way back on my SoundCloud likes, all the way back probably to 2013 Damn, or 2012. Damn, I do that. And you can find maybe some of that stuff still. But yeah, that's like, crazy because like, you're considered one of the like people that started the vapor trap movement. Aside from like Blink Banshee, you know, nah, I mean, like, like a quintessential starter album for that. Everything's kind of a copy of the last thing so like light and blank banshee were doing it before me and then there was a ton of yeah, other people that spin were on it on soundcloud before i just happened to have mana pool and i guess like the right combination of things but yeah like it was a good combination of things because it was, like, man. It was like very striking it was like, very I, I still remember when it came, i remember when it came out and i'm like this is 
a real good combination of everything right now. They, like with uh, this artist, what this artist is trying to say. Yeah, dude. The visual that the visual aesthetic that they have put together for themselves, the name, the, the time, the time when it came out as well. Uh-huh. Like that was yeah. the time period. Like you could doing that around in that time, that year was the right time to do it. I just remember being like, a lot of things came together perfectly. This is great. Yeah. So. Can I ask you then, um, so you you were introduced to this, you saw this this world that was beginning to form out there, you said, I wanna be a part of this, I'm excited about music again. And um, how did you go about with the, the art for it as well? Because that's also okay. pretty striking I wanna stuff talk about that too, because you're you. a graphic designer as well as a musician. Yeah, I'm glad we're talking about this because the, yeah, the to question, tell you the man. truth, the, um, the fucking mana pool album cover was made in PowerPoint. No fucking way. Yeah. It was made in <laughs> Wow. You heard wow. it here. Oh PowerPoint. Unbelievable. So I had no idea how to do anything. And I didn't have Photoshop at the time. But I had years of experience with pixel art. Uh, even commercial for small indie games that never really... It was like Flash stuff. And like a right. couple milk games. Rest in peace. Yeah, yeah. Rest in peace, Flash. And uh, uh, you might be able to find. Oh, if you search um, "Goldfish," we come together. I'm credited on that music video. So there's some of my pixel art in there. Damn, is that like some early lore? I guess it is early lore. I think I was like 14 or 15. Oh, this when I is got too that. cool. How fun. Yeah, whenever that came out, it was like six months before that, or like three months before. They're like a band from South Africa, and they're like kind of jazzy. There's like, yeah, they're they're awesome. That I love that song. It holds up to this day. And there's a lot of video game references too. So yeah, buddy, that's probably one of my favorite things about your music is, is it tends to, like I said earlier, it evokes so many. It's world building music, you know. It's yeah. really evocative, like. It creates an entire universe. Um, question for you, man. What is your favorite music? My favorite music? Yes. Um, it's yeah, always like, fun what's asking. Your, what's your favorite food? What's your favorite color? I don't, I don't really have a... <laughs> I don't have a favorite. Well, so I'll tell right you why now. I ask. But, you know, and yeah. then I'll let you answer. A lot of artists, it's funny, a lot of artists listen to music that's comp- profoundly different from what they make. So... <laughs> I want to know what you're into right now because I feel bad for cutting you off. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. Um, right now, I'm into a lot of like indie Korean music and like K-pop, but not BTS. Before we, you know, gotcha. at, before the inevitable, I have to shut that down. No, I don't really like BTS. Yikes. Not a stan. Um, not a stan either. But I am a stan of. I'll put this in the chat. Well, yeah, it's going to be. Yeah. Uh, the artist, Erin Beck, is my favorite. She has an angelic voice. Um, Very cool. And Thank you for the link. The, the artist that kind of got me into the Korean stuff is Yukika. Um, yeah. I have a... I should. I think I have this public, but I'm not sure. But I do have a like a mostly Korean pop playlist that I have. Um, on my Spotify profile. We got profile. some fans in the chat of Yukika as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Her music's fucking Very great. Cool. We got a couple of questions, too, that have been backlogged. Soft Replica, yeah. our dear friend, says, 
Uh, how do you balance having a professional career and being a prolific producer? Um, just work all the time and you have to make time for it, honestly. <laughs> yeah. You get your eight hours um, of sleep? I, I try very hard. Um, now um, I'm trying to be better about getting more sleep because if I don't, then I'll just be tired and I won't be able to perform in other areas. So true. Yeah, you um, you have to defend yourself, I think. So even if you want to work hard in two different areas, like you have to recognize when I am tired, when I don't want to do work, when I do want to do work, and you know just prioritize. Right. It sounds like very simple, but you know no. it's people it's force themselves to stay up, and they do yeah, lots of really shitty work advice. because they're tired. And don't want to stop and just give their body what it needs. So, so that's really good advice. Is list you both guys just says listening to your body, and it's really hard when you're just very you know you you're really passionate about you know this thing, and then you really have worked really hard at your career, and you're not going to give that up because you've worked so hard at it, and you're making a great living off of it, and you know finding that balance is really difficult. And that balance is kind of based on what you guys were both just saying, which is like listening to your body. You don't push yourself. If your body says you're going to lay down or play a video game or sleep, that's what you're going to do. Even if you really want nothing more than to make that music today and get that project over with, it's just not going to happen that day. You know what I mean? Or yeah. you, you can't overextend yourself. Yeah, so there's this like concept of not forcing that I'm trying to employ in my life as well. So yeah, not forcing Respect. goes along with listening to your body as well. I've watched a lot of people whether in this scene or other scenes or other walks of life, you know, try and do a lot of things and then tell me their plans sometimes about all the stuff they want to do. And I have to like sometimes tell them, oh my God, you got to slow down. Like this is right. good. You can't do it. You don't know it. Like when you say it out loud, it feels like you can do it, but you are going to find yourself unable to do it. And then you're going to commit yourself to things that you can't, you can't fulfill. And then you're gonna, you'll feel, and if you're that sort of person that wants to do a lot of things, if you can't fulfill a commitment, you're gonna feel so depressed. You're gonna feel like you let everybody yeah. down and right. yourself down. And like, you don't wanna put yourself in that position where you're beating yourself up like that. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And one of my favorite techniques now is making an ignore list. <laughs> oh. So you don't have your to-do list, that just keeps growing and growing. You can't do all that. Yeah. Like, I'm working on a ton of different stuff and I feel like if I said all the stuff that I work was working on right now, I feel like I'd get that feedback like, well, pump the brakes there. But, yeah, dog. Uh, you know, I do have an ignore list. I, I just bump things down into the, uh, you know, don't prioritize this right now. Yeah. And a lot of times That's it eventually really gets... But yeah, sometimes it takes years. <laughs> like I right. just now set up a... Um, a network attached storage which is really nerdy crap for I am taking care of my data oh okay respect I could get into a lot of details but basically if a hard drive fails then I don't care because uh, it can rebuild itself it's very that cool. is definitely over my head but damn that a lot of people would do well to take your advice and probably do the same thing Oh yeah, and uh, this isn't sponsored or anything, but I use Backblaze for cloud backup, and they're very simple. Backblaze, you heard yeah. it on Hot Takes. Torch twenty four twenty four, otherwise known as Groovy Kaiju, has a question. He wants Woo! to know Groovy what are Kaiju. you excited for 
life or music, anything. What are you excited? What for? am I excited for? I answered this question in person to him. <laughs> uh, I love, I love Aaron. Aaron uh, is me too. So World's smart. most positive person. He's not only that, but he's like so smart. He has such good acumen. He understands yeah, he his limitations and what he can and what is like what to commit yourself to. Like he just knows so much. There's I have a lot to learn from that guy. Anyway, yeah, well, so I'm telling you, I'm excited to work with him because we were trying to set up a show in Atlanta. Oh, damn. Wow. Okay, gonna have to attend that. Yeah, the thing is, like, uh, we're having trouble getting a venue right now. Hmm. Sorry to hear that. Sometimes you know it's Sending like you positive oh, we vibes. Available or like we don't have weekends available, and it's just hard to get in contact with people. So this is where yeah, I'm like, looking like, hey. How do I like become a better promoter? Because like I know we can right. get people out. Hey, I, 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 I can help you. I can help you with that. I I have been doing it for you a minute. Got the guru now. right I, here. I, I the network. I'm not guru. guru, man. Everything, dude. We'll we'll talk. I mean, we'll talk next week and such too. Yeah. You know, but like also, I'm not a guru at these. I everything is just me. I don't. There's no roadmap for this shit. You know what I mean? There's no roadmap for life in general. You know what I mean? And there's certainly no roadmap for fucking vaporwave you know what i mean like this is like everyone's just yeah. the thing i find that's really great about this whole world is everybody's kind of just learning from each other all the time like when we started off all of us started off like we don't know anything nobody's right. helping us that's the other thing about vaporwave is like we got out there it's like we're like here's our art does anyone like care and everyone's like fuck you no right. and we're like okay well i guess like maybe we'll build this we'll build a world together and oh, everyone's no. just kind of, kind of learning from each other about how to do this stuff so like i have been learning you know how to promote better and i try to learn from other people and maybe they learn from me and then eventually we get better at doing these things the same way we got better at record labels the same way yeah. we got better at producing the same way we got better at at, at you know at, at friendships in general you know what i mean relationships yeah yeah you know, we just, we're all just growing we're all just kind of growing up together in this world you know what i mean like yeah. i remember talking to george about stuff one time, uh, I guess, like a couple of years ago, and we we're having a long conversation. We're like, "Oh, we gotta go now." And then he looks and he's like, "You know, Chris, we have like the rest of our lives to have this this conversation." And I'm like, "Yeah, we all have the rest of our lives to continue to figure this shit out." That's anyway. actually very encouraging. There's no time limit on anything. No, there's not. There's no time in vaporwave anyway. There's no time doesn't exist here. Yeah. Future, future <laughs> and past have blended together into this weird version of nostalgia that has never existed and never will. So you know, clearly, all right, we don't fellas, time it's time we don't for some hot time takes. I want to know what okay. Jeff's least favorite music of all time is. Least favorite music of all time. I need to use this soundboard today. You have a soundboard now? Oh my goodness! I've always had a soundboard, what? Skelly. Oh. <laughs> Damn, that was least favorite music of all time. That. It's probably not going to be so. Somebody shocking. said Tool. <laughs> I like Tool. Tool's okay. Tool's okay, but it's okay. Right. I really don't like um, like contemporary Christian music, but I like gospel. True. Right. Yeah. I don't like pop country, but I like some bluegrass. Bluegrass is fire, dude. Those people that can like pick real fast or like do the little yeah. like hee haw violin, that shit's wild. Um, I guess a lot of the stuff that you might find at your local Planet Fitness might not jive with. <laughs> but I like Dua Lipa. <laughs> yeah. CBS Wave. I heard um, Baths in a Banana Republic. Once. Baths? No way. 
Yeah. Okay. So it's actually um, geotic is uh, a word like a side project side project thing and it was the song actually smiling and i was like wow i know this song <laughs> bass is honestly kind of fire and he's great live too yeah that's just kind of like an influence on me when i first started some, too. some shit you would hear at the local chipotle all right so thank you for answering my burning question i would also like to know when you're listening to a song and you kind of like fuck with that song a little bit. What's something that if you heard it, it would just automatically tank your interest in that song? Oh there... yeah. Um. Any particular it all the time? But I did think about this, and I've been waiting to say this mm. all week. Wow. But there's several songs that I have that I've that I have liked that do this thing where they repeat the fucking chorus. But they do a key change with semitone up, and it, that just pisses me off. I don't like that either. <laughs> that is the most really... tech honors answer I've ever heard. Can you give me an example? That is a very tech honor. It's hard to think because I'm not musically trained. <laughs> uh, anybody okay. in chat, hopefully. <laughs> I know what you're saying it's like or... you know, you're... Isaac. It's like when you're hearing the chorus. And it's like da 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 da, and it's like da 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 like you know what I mean, like. So it's like an extra octave up. Yeah, kind of, and it's like really, it's really jarring. Yeah, yeah, like one above, like why? So it's just like rude. I always turn the song off when that accentuating things that don't need to be accentuated. Yeah, so a song that does this is the the Thai girl group. Uh, Fever, their song Password does this. And I just skip as soon as it gets to that point because it's like two-thirds of the way of the song and at that point I'm like, alright, I've heard enough of Password for today. So let me ask you this, is it only on songs that you dislike when that like super jubilant excessive part happens or like if if you liked this song but it went into overdrive like that, it it would ruin that for you too? Uh, yeah, I love um, Fever in general, and especially Password. Okay. But that's just at the point where I, I really... That's your kryptonite. <laughs> yeah. Good to know. <laughs> uh, do you have like a uh, like favorite music genre of all time? Um, jazz. Yeah, it's jazz. Damn. Because if you think about it, you know, Deep. it touches every part of... Well... It touches the root of what got me into music in the first place, right. which is Nintendo music. And like now, years later, now I know that what's the guy's name? Koji Kondo. Yeah, his, legendary. His, his influences were like T Square, and now I'm listening to like T Square. Okay, gonna have to put me on. Definitely what, will. What What is your favorite live show that you've attended? Oh my gosh! Um, the one that immediately comes to mind is uh, Flying Lotus when he went on tour cool. with the three, the three D projector thing. That was really cool. Oh, Damn! What year did you see him? Because I saw him too. I, I missed that one. I, heard I don't think I saw that. Before. I saw him at a festival. My brother went to it. I was in college, so uh, maybe twenty eighteen. Oh, I think. yeah. I saw him back in like over eleven. There behind the keyboard is my special box of. Uh, concert tickets you keep all your concert tickets that's sick as fuck 
course, yeah. That, they're they're going to go... Um, this Mr. Will Call over here, he doesn't just use the phone with the QR code. Oh, yeah. So I, I try to print them out. I don't do it all the time anymore, but if I can get a physical ticket, at least print them out, yeah, I'll do that. Looks like Ruby Kaiji was at that show, too. Maybe not the exact same show, but he went to that tour. Nice. Yeah, That's it was a good dog. one. Um, I went to a lot of metal shows as a, as a young lad. Okay. Really? Preach. What, what metal favorites? bands were you into? Fucking, I think, I think like Bring Me the Horizon was my first concert. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's and legit. Good, what a good first concert to go to. Right? Yeah. I saw the fall of Troy once. Um, okay. After, kind of after they broke up and then got back together for like a, was it a doppelganger tour or something? Like 10 year anniversary? That was okay. really good. That's the second time you've brought that band up. I think you might be a little bit of a fan. I'm a fanboy of Fall of Troy for sure. Yeah. Fall of Troy. <laughs> I've never, well, I've never heard them. Um, but I will listen to them. If you played Guitar Hero, I think three. Never played. Damn, I, I they had a Guitar video. Hero song. I really. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, I mean, I, I think I made this clear before to people. But Skelly I doesn't play video I games. I don't play video games. Um, I like to watch people play video games. I'm the friend that sits on the couch and like cheers you on. It's like, oh, that guy right there, watch out! Like, I'm that guy when my friends play video games. I. I don't really play video games though myself. I enjoy the artistry of them, and I enjoy people talking about them, unless yeah. they're like cornering me in a room and I can't get away. Oh, from you them. should make him but watch I... you play Final Fantasy Tactics. <laughs> I love those games. I love these things. I just um, I don't have I don't have the I don't know. I just don't do it. I like watching other people do it though. You know, I, you know, it's like. I don't. It's like some people go. They not everybody wants to be the DJ. You know what I mean? They want to go and appreciate the DJ and watch the DJ or whatever. You know, I'm I'm that with the video games. Yeah, for sure. But Fall of Troy was on Guitar Hero three. I think. I, don't quote me on that one, but. But what should all... I? What do I listen to? What album do I play? I uh, I got. Uh, Doppelganger is like the Mana Pool, the one that everyone knows. Okay. okay. But, the Mana Pool of Fall of Troy. Thank you for putting in words I understand, sir. Hey, thank what you. is the Mana Pool of Skeleton Lipsticks? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Hmm. Okay. What, well, what? um, yeah, kind of a joke. But, like, that's the most popular album that people listen to. I think there is, True. like, um, my favorite of them is Manipulator. It's a little more artsy, I guess. <laughs> Damn, deep cuts from Vape Error. Vape Error, oh, I would also uh, like to know... Oh, no, finish your thought, please. Uh, I just want to say I love Circus Survive so much. Bro, the love of... Never what, what, what would you call that? Like, like kind of pop-punk emo, kind of some screamo vibes? Yeah. Post-hardcore? Okay. I don't know. Are you I much of, like, know. a At The Drive-In fan or, like, Trail of yeah. Dead? Fugazi? Yeah, sure. Okay, sick. All right. So, since you've told us your favorite shows you've been to, now I want to know what the worst ones you've been to were. <laughs> I think I've been lucky. I've not really been to a terrible show. Maybe you ever I been to a show like... where you were bored, or like you were like, "Damn, their studio album was way better." I think sometimes I look at things with rose-colored glasses, but I do. Good quality. Here's my hot. Shows should be Shit. shorter. Shows could be shorter. Real talk, dude. I went and saw Broken Social Scene play for like two hours. 
I love Broken Social Scene, and I was like, damn, can y'all stop, please? I went, I went to go see Guided by Voices one time, and like by hour two and a half, I was like, all right. Two and a half? <laughs> yeah, and then I... Yeah. Oh my god! I swear to God, it was there. Like they were so high, it, like 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 a polar just kept, like he was taking joints from people in the in the audience, and he's like, "Let's do another one, guys!" And I'm like, "Oh boy, oh, I got I gotta oh. go." There's yeah, that's that's too long, girls. dude. I'm done. I have to mention um, George Clanton. He played three points this festival in Miami. Oh shit! Uh, I just I just barely missed his set. Oh. Um, you really missed. I through uh, an engine code. I had to check that out. Everything was fine. I get there. I have to like avoid fucking floods. And my, oh my friend, WRX, flew up doing the what? same shit. He drove through a flood Bullshit. and water Damn. got in his engine. And then he like threw a rod. And then the whole thing was fucked and it cost like Dog, that's so terrifying. So like, <laughs> I had a fucking like like back up on the highway like on an exit to avoid a flood and then like like somehow keep traction and like move into the lane where people are flying still because you know why they're fucking driving so fast when it's raining out um anyway several floods avoided i get yeah, there man, I don't park. play with those i've had my own brushes I I get to George's stage and they're basically already broken down. Oh man! Uh, you worked so damn, hard man. to get there. Yeah. That throws a damn good show too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I've seen George like seven times. But anyway, really um, seven times? Oh my god, he's toured that much, dude. I feel like I thought I've seen him every time. He throws he's come like a good ass show. Like he's so energetic, dude. And he always remembers my name. It's unreal. I don't know yeah, how. Of he course does. he does. Isaac, you're like a, you've been here in this world for a long time. I can't remember anybody's name. name, but yeah. I was really sad to have missed George, um, and like he was like, "We need to be in another state tomorrow." And it's like, damn. You know, I, I mean, that's what it's like when it's a tour. You know what I mean? And that's a big deal. Yeah. I think that you know that, and it's been like that when some of my friends who are in bigger bands come around. Is that I can't always see them when they're on tour. Honestly, you know they're in my city, but are they're not really in my city? You know they're like right. they did the thing. They have to get in the van, to go home, shower, start getting to like fucking New York now. Like literally, yeah, that's no. happened. Like I, I mean, when I'm in a in a city, but it's like yeah, I don't really have that much time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, so- particularly for these bigger for artists who are making their full career out of this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Touring is a time when you can make a lot of money and when you and when you have to and you put a lot on your line and also I don't know how people organize tours like that these things that are like multiple cities over several month periods like the amount of like coordination and the in the timely manner that you need to arrive sound check get things together right. get your promotion going like there it's not like your friend your friend basically is not in town like they're here to do the thing and then they have to go right away and they would love to talk to you but they can't and like I had a few yeah. friends in some bigger bands that have and George included in that too. Like they have like bigger, that are doing a big tour, and like they want to see you. It's nothing personal. They can't because there's so yeah. much is riding on this. Like so much money is riding on this right now, and they cannot disappoint venues and hurt they their can't like be late, career. Skip sometimes a day. people, yeah, and sometimes people like are like, oh, I can't see my. Friend. I'm like, yeah, man, you can't because your friend is actually working right now, and they would love to see you. But you know, I've been there like multiple times with some people. And I understand, and like it sucks, but 
you know, we got the rest of our lives. It's fine. I'm seeing um, Dennis from Geometric Lullaby playing his band Ghost Bath. Oh, you know? that'll be so that guy is cool. He never yeah. smiles. No, all right. He, he just we're has gonna, this air about him. We're gonna we're gonna start a quick air about him session. What does that mean? Well, like yeah, he, I, I want you to. Wait, well, I don't know. What is the air about? Yeah, I want to hear that shit first too. Just, it's just his like online persona where he's all angry or something all the time. Right. Remember those pictures that he took with everyone at like the electronicons where he was like, yeah, he's just the whole time. That's so funny. But all he's right. like nice guy. He, yeah, he is, man. I also to. like sh- shout out, shout out really quick. Speaking of geometric lullabies, to Secret Schools, who does a lot of those layouts that everybody oh, yeah. loves. Yeah, made schools. geometric lull- geometric lullaby is where is 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 a great label and but like they like True. a lot i think i would take a lot of that oh, oh that a lot graphic of that design is out of this secret, world secret schools who does a lot of those layouts for all those box sets that everybody loves and all their like their album layouts like you all need to give a lot of love we all give a lot of love to geometric lullaby but give a lot of love to the people secret designing schools. that shit those secret visual artists Twitter, should not be underrated that motherfucker is like and he's so interesting and unique. He cares so much about what he does and puts a lot of work into these. He really thinks deeply about the context of the albums. So, like, that motherfucker's creating that visual aesthetic right there. I, I fucking grabbed that guy to do the Polymath Vampire. Hell yeah, stuff, you did. You know what I mean? Like, because, like, that guy's a genius. And I think he is, like, the most creative, one of the most creative designers in the Vaporwave world. And, like, I don't know if he gets enough love or people know who he is or people know who's doing all that work for, like, Geometric Lullaby and multiple other, like, a Multiple other like different uh, record labels. Thanks for the link, like, Lux. Stuff that I don't even realize. Like he did that. He did like the Vincent Remembers album. Uh, culture. Uh, what's Good. it called? Vulture. What? You, what what's it? Yeah, you know, the um, Vulture. Was it Culture Vulture? I'm the one I'm with escaping you. I can. The one with them singing. The one where he's singing on the whole album. Yeah, we we that had album. Him on the show the other day. Off, we off, talked on, about yeah, that. On, on Bedlam, on Bedlam Records, he did the design work for that album. Like he's done so much for so many years in this scene, Damn, and he's developed the aesthetic. Culture Vulture. Yeah, and he's like. Culture Vulture, and he's yeah. one of the people, in my opinion, who pushed the vaporwave aesthetic beyond the obvious. You know what I mean? Beyond the obvious ways of interpreting this world, he pushed it beyond the obvious. So I want to just give a tremendous shout out to Secret Schools, who does a lot of that design work for Geometric Lullaby. The label wouldn't be what it was without him doing that. So let's give a, as much love to Geometric Lullaby as we do to Secret Schools right now, because that's like a big voice in that world. S like, in the chat give for credit. Secret Schools. Everyone give big credit to these designers, okay? And they're not even just doing the album cover. He's not just doing the album cover. He's creating the layouts, okay? So let's give some fucking love to that man right there who's like really like an unsung hero in my opinion you know what i mean so that guy's a genius go fucking follow him on twitter and support everything he does i'm glad that you brought that up because i thought it was was dennis to be honest it's fucking secret schools so let's all know that right now give secret schools the credits please all right i want to do a little session with jeff where i want to see what he thinks about various genres of music not like necessarily fuck mary kill but i want to know like yes no if yes, give me a good example. If no, you know, same thing. All right. Perfect. So, first genre, electro swing. Yes or no? No. No. <laughs> That's the right like, answer. Good in theory, right? <laughs> That's the right answer. What's that? Parab Stellar. Is it good in theory? I think it's not very good. Is in it? Theory. No. <laughs> Why would you mix <laughs> dance music with like Moulin Rouge type I, shit? 
I think it's very silly, and um, but it's funny because it's so silly. Like I will look into it once in a while. I'll be like, "There's got to be something here. I'm gonna like right and something redeeming." Like, the Patty Smith of electrics. The Patty Smith of electro swing. There's car there's a caravan palace song I like a lot. That's yeah, like caravan the song. one song right. There's one song I like by that. But anyway, let's keep going. Sorry. All right, next genre, lo-fi house. Uh, lo-fi house, yes. Yeah. Very cool. Any Ella, favorites? Yes. Uh, DJ Boring. Yes. Um, yeah. Fuck yeah. What was Gosh. the second one? What was that again? So the YouTube channel Slav. Okay. Is like my favorite hmm. source of lo-fi house music. Slav can. Is uh, it okay. Can somebody link this? Just yeah. youtubecom slash slav. I don't know if it's quite that simple, but it yes, Slav okay. is. Uh, is the, All right. is the channel I'm looking that shit up for sure yeah I didn't even like like Hell yeah. hide it I love yeah. lo-fi house I love it alright next genre ghetto house this <laughs> 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 is such <laughs> yeah yeah yes fine I know you hate it but um... wow man years of this controversy now for the <laughs> love of god <laughs> Every conversation has led up to this. You know how many times I I yell at like Isaac for like being close minded about genres like all the time. I have I am always fighting with him about like you're too close minded with this genre. You're too close minded with that genre. You would think I'd be the pickier person. We wouldn't have. I mean, it's like conversation we had at the beginning. Like we wouldn't have Juke or like some sort of Chicago House or you know. That is true. I don't know exactly first but you know it's all within the same soup i think so i think it's important that we respect things in the context of when they came out obviously yeah. you can't look at something and be like damn that's real basic sounding and be like well yeah dude that's because they're the first person that did it but man you gotta admit some ghetto house can be really repetitive all right uh hold on hold on i'm gonna raise my hand right now and i've said this conversation and i've told you this before too isaac which is that a lot of times, some of these tech house tracks are simple on purpose because they're made for DJs. This for mixing, like yeah, yeah. No, DJ, I get it. They're made, I'm talking so about they're made so unnecessarily repetitive. Multiple, mo well, yeah, but that way they can keep bringing it in and out. Okay, so, so the vocal samples so are on, repetitive. You're just interrupting me. There's like yeah, four CDJs, right? And, and like you see how simple some of the, the some of the like the um, the the fucking like um, like like album artwork is for some of this like tech house music. Yeah, right? true. It's Super very DIY. simple because it's almost like they're giving the DJ a tool. Here's a here's a thing. Here's a component you can use, and you can mix it with four other components. And like it's fun. I can see why DJs I get enjoy that. this so much. I'm not a big techno person. I don't really care for techno that much. For me, to me, sometimes techno for me feels as dated as rock and roll. But that's True. just me. So like, but I understand it, and I get why DJs like it so much because now they yeah, get I to play too. instruments. They can play an instrument basically. They right. Can, I have this track over here. I have this track over here. There's not too much melodies getting in the way. Everything can blend together, and I can bring right. oh this ghetto house track sample right here, and then I'll have like I'm gonna have some hi hats from over here, and I'm gonna mix it. Like making like, their own really track live. Yeah, dude. Like you can really juggle a lot. Like that's honestly what I thought Human After All was when I first heard the okay, Daft Punk. Okay. Album. People said that was a little simple, but I'm like, well, no. DJs I'll are having a that. lot of fun with this. And then when Daft Punk did the live, you know, the live thing they did, that's what they were doing with it. They were mixing right. it like with a bunch of other things. Anyway, I'm done now. So All right, go ahead. Next I, genre. I Dark synth. 
dark synth. I don't think I really listened to too much to have an opinion on this. Sounds okay. cool. That's well, like name. Perturbator, Carpenter Brute, you know, Mega Drive. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, then then yeah, yeah, I love uh yeah. Pertur Perturbator? 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 Is that what it is? I've Vaporor. seen Perturbator live before. And like, like when Perturbator when Perturbator plays live, they have like a whole light setup they bring with them. And I got to see them live in a uh, church steeple, actually. They played in like the first Unitarian Church and we I That's sat the most perturbative thing I've them. ever heard. It's pretty metal, I love that. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Are, are you a Perturbator fan too, Jeff? I think I heard you say. Yes. Very cool. Very yeah, I cool. didn't know um, that you would describe that like label on there. I thought my my bad. Yeah. I mean, I love genres, dude. Some people hate them. I'm a fan. I'm. I accept that they exist and must exist. Yeah. I accept that they must exist. They cannot right. not. If you need to have that that sort of label, you know. Next is genre. Nightcore. Yeah, Nightcore? Nightcore. Yeah. I think I think some mm -hmm. of it's like kinda cool, but you know, it's one of those grading genres, I think. Too much of it might be too much of it, yeah. I, I mean it's the opposite of vaporwave, right? It's pitching things up. Speeding Is it the opposite up. of vaporwave though? Is it really No not really. I mean sonically I mean, sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I don't know, man. Vaporwave indicates a whole lot of other <laughs> okay, concepts and ideas. Okay, it's not that simple, ideas. I got you. Right. I don't know, like, and then this is like, let's pitch, up, let's, let's pitch this up. They're all the same. Nightcore can sometimes be considered a technique, sometimes. True, uh, true, you're not wrong. Extra tone. Extra tone. Okay. All right, so here's a little, uh, a little, a little wild card. Vaporwave. Um, Tell us yeah, about your favorite yeah. vaporwave. I mean, oh, my clearly you're a fan. Vaporwave? Yeah, yeah. It's it's probably still telepath. Telepath is but, shit. Can't argue with that. Especially like his cannot 2014 that, era, like I'm Amaterasu or whatever, like where the girl's looking right at you. Yeah, unreal. That that still has a lasting effect on me, but. Mm. You know, I'm still probably, yeah, I'm still gonna make Vaporwave. I love my sports girl, Alias, and it's like fun to let all that out. But in terms of like direction as me, as an artist, like I wanna evolve past that even more, I guess. Mm -hmm. I wanna break out of being uh, pigeonholed as a like Vaporwave type artist. Cast. Yeah, well, so I wanna you're be- You're kind like, of a genre bender, dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But people yeah. also say it's vaporwave, so um, not that it's a bad thing, but I want to... You want to be your own entity. Mm. I want to produce music with vocals in it yeah. that's yeah. more in the pop, experimental pop range and like city pop and that type of stuff. I'm working on like a lo-fi house track or lo-fi yes. hip-hop track just for fun. Okay. And that's just like incorporating some like new jazz and neo soul type of chord progressions that I've been learning about. What can um, this man not do? I want to do like like ghost production for people. You want a ghost buddy. produced? I think that'd be fun. It yeah. would be fun. You got a lot of ideas. You got a lot. Of, you got a lot of irons in the fire there, Jeffrey. Right. Yeah. There and and a lot of this stuff's like halfway done or already done. So that's cool. Oh, I I have like so much halfway done, you know what I mean? And yeah. Like, oh, right. <laughs> just save it for the Patreon, brothers. List. 
Or you come back yeah. to it a couple years later and finish it up. Yeah, dude, been there. But yeah, I've All been right. thinking of what my, uh, my jazz name is going to be, so stay tuned oh, for that. Oh, yes. Jazz I got a couple jazz. more genres for you, and then the we can bass, move on. I was calling you the Bastradamus. Bastradamus, you heard it here. All right, next genre, Eurodance. Um, Eurodance is... I'm, I'm not sh I'm not super familiar. We're talking like Hathaway, Eiffel 65, <laughs> you know, the early 90s, like Jock Jam shit, Mr. Vane, Scat Man. Yes. 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 Everybody um, loves it. Also, Eurobeat. Euro okay. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Mm-hmm. You know what? Actually, hot take, I hate it when you go look for some electronic music on a site, and it's like dance music. It's all dance music. Like, like just... Like, I just don't like that genre name, dance music. Like, you can't mm. dance to anything yeah. else. Am I crazy, this fellas? Interesting. I, no, you're it's not crazy. Four, four. That's well, true. You, like Hathaway's dance, fine, like Lux. All right, next genre. Deconstructed Club. That's another one where I actually haven't heard of. What okay. you mentioned this before, Isaac, and I don't, I, I don't know what that means. Um, I feel embarrassed for saying it's this, like like Arca, Ashkusha. Oh, that's right. That's like, right. I lots of like guessed. experimental, yeah, well, awesome. bombastic, like. Club you like sound? I'm like, what the fuck is that? But then it's like, <laughs> oh, it's. Oh, like, oh yeah, that's cool. I didn't know what. Yeah, like I like Arca. Like, like a lot Arca. of the stuff coming from like We Are Tar and stuff. Just Ar Ar Arca's a fucking genius. Um, right. You know, in my opinion, Arca, I would say I can't even believe the amount of different types of sounds Arca produced and like how young they were when they started and like how like it was like the, how easy they make it look. Like if you ever like watched like them when they were doing like earlier stuff, which was like pretty normal when they were like sixteen. <laughs> like before they even no got, like, shit they, right before they even started doing the production for like FKA Twigs initially and then went off on their own things and like that's that person is fucking it's like light very... years light years ahead of everybody else when it comes to their skills and doing whatever the fuck they wanted to do to the point where I think they're just bored of normal production and just make extremely bizarre complex compositions now anyway enough of my Arca talk uh, go on dude All FKA right. Twigs yeah too. Yeah. Um, I mean, Arca did it a lot on those first two EPs by them. FKA Twigs is a song with an artist called 645AR. Oh, no, that guy. <laughs> yeah, that guy? Oh. Yeah. Um, this artist, I think he is actually from my neck of the woods in Georgia, about 20 minutes away from me. Um, and it's just, it's like rap and trap music. Jeff, I think, I think we lost your audio. What was the last thing you said? Oh, oh no, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> oh, that naive. I, Never mind. Didn't, I didn't hear it. Um, but, no, we're, uh, good. we're good. I'm we're familiar good. with the artist. It's like hyper, hyper pop. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, gosh. Last genre for the night. Since they brought it up so many times in the chat, Gabber music. What do you think? Gabber music. Um... What's the difference between Gabber and, like, Hardstyle? That's a good question. I think Hardstyle has more, like, I guess, I don't want to say innovative, but just, like, wilder kick sounds. Yeah. 
You know, and so Gabber's more like early '90s Dutch shit. I'm guessing. I used to to a lot of hard style, and I learned some of the like steps to it. I wasn't a super great or talented dancer, but I do know a couple steps. Oh, can you shuffle, bro? Ooh. Uh, yeah, I can do a little shuffling. Bro. I... Oh my goodness! I didn't know you. Had I cannot dance that kind at all. Of as well. Yeah. Are we um, even I surprised? In the world, either, but yeah, that that's that stuff's fun. I think Gabbers can be okay. Um, not my favorite. All right, but, yeah. He left, so I actually have a few more Sibiant music. Sibiant. Yeah, not like super Spongle, infected mushroom. Spongle. Oh yes. You know, like yeah. Burning Man shit. Yeah, I'll get a thumbs up on on Spongle, dude. Okay, and in thumbs fact, up. Last and, one. Like, it was cool. Wait kind a minute. Say that again. Side trance. Side trance is cool. Okay. Yeah, I really like side trance. Trance is like really enjoying kind of a resurgence, at least amongst like the experimental club base and like grime scene yeah. right now. Like fun some... fact, um, Telepath and I played a side trance festival. <laughs> oh, really? That's Did you play, perfect. Like, and Jeff? Stuff? Who, who was at that? Um, we were we were playing our Televape stuff, and he was playing Virtual Dream Plaza, and I just did a normal vape error set. Yeah. Um, we played to about like five people because we played in the morning. <laughs> right, you like a but, sunrise set or whatever. Did, did he wear the frock? Did he wear? Did, did he have the frock on? No, uh, we didn't have. We didn't dress up in any particular way. I probably had some sort of like tracksuit esque thing on. I don't even remember. It was just something comfortable, like I was traveling and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was actually in the fucking outback. Oh wow! Like in Australia. Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. We wow. Uh, Telepath and I rode on a plane together for like seventeen hours. <laughs> no way! That's so fun. Yeah. Um, that was wild. I have no idea how that fucking happened, but it did. It was really cool. Life is fun. We yeah. are going to go oh, ahead and... We are running out of time. Let's start doing some uh, shout-outs. Let's do yeah. some shout-outs. Thank you. Thank you for humoring me. <laughs> we are going to open the floor to you now. We like to end our show, since we're ending a few minutes early, with a special surprise. We like to give the floor oh. to our guest to promote, shout-out, or really just say anything you want before we close the curtain. All right. Cool. Well, I got another album coming out um, May the uh, 6th, I think. Oh. May the 6th. So Exciting. May the 5th, uh, Dr. Chris and I are going to be playing a show in Philly at the, the Dolphin Room. The Dolphin Jeez. Room? The, the Dolphin, Dolphin Tavern. Out, I just put the link in there. Tavern, yeah, yeah. yes. We will be doing the Terminally Chilled Dance Party. We're going to be dancing and shaking the room all night long with all of our good friends. The kids are going to come out in costumes and outfits. Virtual 94 is going to be there setting up the chill station where they'll have Virtual 94 merchandise along with video games you can play, uh, video art you can engage with. And it's a dance party. It's very fun. And Jeffrey is going to be there. Discaholic is going to be there. Yes, he will be in costume. 
Yes, yes. it is going to be so much fun. Batman is committed. Or we have an extra hour now, so we're going to be starting at 9, come early. We're going to be just playing probably, we'll do some chill vibes in the beginning, but then things are just going to go up and up and up, and you're going to go crit. You don't want to miss this. These events don't happen that often. I mean, when are you going to see myself and and vape error and discoholic right. like all doing this thing like that this shit's like very tenuous time. it's so hard that, hey man we I'm all excited. have lives and it's like a lot it's a lot to get everyone together it's a celebration it's a family reunion it is a time to celebrate our good dear friend jeff's new album coming out yeah you know buddy I mean? at 12 o'clock midnight we're gonna have to drop some vape error tracks and just yeah. shout out to the world though we've not been able been so lucky as to have a an artist be at Terminally Chill around the same time as their album release since George Clanton was there, was here for Slide. So this is like, this, oh, never, this is like, wow. this is like a looter eclipse happening right now. Okay, guys, <laughs> you got to go to this. I'm dropping that link Damn, one more time. Fly out Get there. to Philadelphia, fly out there, drive out there. You don't want to miss this because we're going to have a great time. And you don't want to be 10 years later, 20 or five years later when your kids are asking, where were you when the Vape Error album came out and there was that huge party and you're going to have to hang your head in shame and say, I, I, or lie to your children and they won't respect you. Make, like, make your children respect you. Come to <laughs> They Terminal won't Chill. respect you? Dude. They're going to think you're a fool if you were in the area. My dad is a sham. If you're not in the area, I get it, you know. But if you're like within this tri-state area, Delaware, New York, you know, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, you know, New Jersey, I think you should try and come to this. But anyway, go ahead. Je Jeff, go on. You were saying about other mm -hmm. shout-outs, though. Oh, yeah. So uh, during that show, I'll be playing a lot of the new album. And then I'll be playing a at least a demo track of uh, Anari Stux and I's new disco track. So that's going to be really, really mm -hmm. fun. Um, yeah, check her out. H-A-N-A-R-I. Really great vocalist. Can't recommend her enough. Anari. to work with. Love it. Of course, we have the terminally chill. Um, oh, sorry, and Stux as well. Stux.io, he's a very talented musician, also a developer. Got a lot in common. Oh, I didn't um, know that, too. Yeah. Kind of, fun. kind of funny. A lot of us Vaporwave folks are uh, code nerds. Where is Stux.io yeah. playing? Um, so he. I don't know if he plays live, but uh, we are just collaborators on this. Oh, uh, my bad. I, I misunderstood. I thought you yeah. meant you were playing a show with Stuxio. Oh, no, no. Um, That was on me, dude. That's okay. It's okay. I was bouncing around as well because I wanted to make sure that I gave him credit because he is a very talented musician. The songs won't be the same without any piece of the pie here. Right. Um, yeah, we got another T-Chill happening in uh north california in sacramento Copying the link for that right now this is the facebook event Davis, that there are baby. no pre-sale tickets for it so you would you can either just take out the information golden on this link i just dropped or and just show up just show up the golden is it bear, the golden in sacramento, bear? California. it's a great venue yes, as isaac played as well recently yeah he so he can tell you how great that events are they're really fun i did drop uh, golf once swagness and vape error oops terminally chill norcal check it that's out that's gonna be a lot of fun too um yeah. 22nd, I believe. Yes. I yeah. Think. Yep. And then just mm -hmm. be on the lookout in your, your inboxes for some stuff happening for plus 100 because that, that's going to be ramping Very up. Like, meh. Um, of course, the new album is going to be out. Um, that one's called Radiant Racer. Very fun funk album. Radiant Racer. Oh, man. Yeah. Cannot wait to hear it, dude. Yeah, it's a very fun album. Um, I'm glad to put it out and just keep doing 
new stuff because I'm very excited to what I'm going to make next. <laughs> We're all stories. very excited, my friend. Well, um, I will just say uh, I am particularly happy that you joined us tonight because I've been a huge fan of your music and your DJing for a very long time. This is a special treat for me. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. I'm glad that uh, we have had chances to work together in the past and present, and uh, we have the rest of our lives to do it. We have the rest you of our lives, it, man. Um, right. Chris, go ahead and sound out, yeah. off. You oh, go ahead I'll and sound off, man, because I'm going to go ahead and just leave right. this out. All right. So obviously got the new uh, Polymath Vampire album out on Business Casual. You can buy that on cassette. It is my melodic, ambient, uh, you know, uh, I've been calling it, um, what was I calling it recently? Like uh, sacred transmission music. It was made all with a bunch of analog synthesizers. I, like I would program sequences into, run them, and and play with the parameters and the effects live. So it was actually all recorded live and then send it to some people to add some other textures to it. You can get it on this link right over here. Obviously, you can always get a copy of um, Close the Melts, my album on Needle Juice Records. That's always available in two different variants, the Glow in the Dark and the splatter you can get that here and it's a very beautiful splatter this is a gorgeous looking splatter this is a fucking insane thick cardboard uh fucking like uh, eightfold album it's a really beautiful piece of art that's available there's a link for that um and obviously terminally chill coming up on may 5th with our dear friend vape error and our dear friend discoholic Big dance party, big celebration. Come have a good time. It's all about joy. This is a, a labor of love. It's just like we we make a little world for you. Here you go. I don't call it a show. I don't call it a dance party. I call it a a, a uh, interactive art installation. You engage love with that. it. The audience is the biggest part of Terminally Chill, in my opinion, and the most important True. part. Right. So. That's coming up, and then obviously May 22nd, Vape Error is going to be with my dear compatriot uh, Agnes, aka Swagness, doing the Terminally Chill NorCal party over there. So make sure if you are in the Shout Sacramento Bay Area area, just check it out. Have a really nice time. You will have a wonderful time at all these events. And then in addition to that, I have a remix that I am working on, almost done, for our dear friend, who I believe is in the chat right now. Be careful. Uh, just sending that off to be mastered by our dear friend Zach over at Doom Trip. He'll be mas he's mastering that right now for me. Oh yeah. And um I think I think that's plenty for now. We're good. There's other things, Very but cool. we'll wait till they get closer for that. Very cool. Always some wonderful Hello. things happening in the world of Skelly. What's up, Jeff? Oh, I, I, I love Zach. That's all. Same. He's Would, like the best. Like <laughs> he just like burst on the scene and he's the best match best energy sure. world. He's uh, the Sports Girl album that was on um, that was on Doom Trip. Yes, that was uh, DJ Cam Girl. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, DJ Cam Girl. I'm sorry. Oh, nice. Remember. I didn't sorry know that. Yes, DJ correct. Girl. It so, right. really well. I think that was his first. Maybe it was the second one, but we did. Yeah, one of the first vinyl on that label. I, I have a copy of it. It's wonderful. Huge success. Yeah, Zach is a near and dear friend of mine. Me he as well, sir. Me as sure. well. Yeah. Not a lot going on in the world of Young Shiro, unfortunately. It just got relocated. Uh, I've got a couple shows. You got enough on going on. You just moved over to the whole other place, man. You got I did. I did. I've right got now. a couple local people reaching out, uh, opening for some people. Um, I've got uh, some tours that are coming up that have not yet been announced yet uh, in surrounding okay. cities that I'm going to be performing at. Um, so I'm really excited about that. Just no hard dates or, or like actual information that I can put out there yet. 
working on a vapor trap set. No idea who wants it, but hey, if you want it for your live stream, get at me. And oh, yeah. that being said, um, gonna go ahead and um, start name dropping some special announcements. Upcoming collaboration to be determined with the returning Molo 360 podcast. Oh, Molo 360. Not sure how we're going to do that yet, but the queen has returned. The queen has returned. She wants us on the show. We want her on the show. I've been on Molo. I was on Molo's uh, podcast back in. You were too. I remember you had the queen has returned. So we're yeah. gonna be working that out coming up here pretty soon. Let's Figuring do it. That shit crossover, out. man. Let's cross over. Exactly, that shit. my guy. Collabs. We got... That's what this whole. That's what. The, that's what the whole world's about these days. It's collabs. Let's do indeed, it. Indeed, we uh we we only run because Molo walked and she's about to fly. Literally so. gonna quote you on that, and I'm yeah. glad you said it before I did. We got a very special guest coming up in the next couple of weeks, Mr. Dan Mason, a- appearing on Hot Takes. So tune yes. in. Same place. Twitch.tv slash hot takes vapor, and that is going to be April 9, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. And uh, before I announce the very, very, very special highlight of the evening, just say thank you again, Jeff, for joining us. Thank you, guys, those of you that are regulars, for being here. Uh, don't forget, retweet us, repost us, show your friends, watch the YouTube videos, stream it on podcasting services. If you like hot takes, help us grow the fandom. Uh, you know, we owe it to you completely for being in our audience. Uh, help us grow hot takes, man. Um, it's uh, come to that time. We are going to, we've been asked, we've been given the honor to premiere a new music video uh, coming out on our very dear friend Pacific Plaza Records label. Hell yeah, shout out Pacific video, Plaza Records. Shout out Alex. Video by shout our Shout out Alex for all he does. DS Dude. Hell for yeah. Shout out DS future hot takes guest sev we got the music video for title i believe it's called watch i'm gonna fuck this up i believe it's called title track intro track gosh this is such a young shiro moment title screen gosh by sev so title screen gosh by title screen by sev coming up here pretty soon zero g is the name of the album on pacific plaza records Thank you so much for tuning in, guys. Good night, and stick around for the next several minutes because you're gonna want to you're gonna want to hear this shit. Bye Peace. bye.